What's happening, everybody? You on Hard in the Paint. My name is Aaron Showtime Taylor. Look, I've never been one to shy away from saying this. I'm, I'm a humble individual. I don't think highly as myself as other people do. But when you are standing in the presence of greatness, and in this case, sitting, have no problem in saying, said it before and I'll say it again. There is no Aaron Showtime Taylor outside of prison unless mouthpiece, the voice of Venice Beach, takes half a step to the side and say, let the youngs in. <laughs> you say, let the youngs in. <laughs> That's right. Man, That's welcome right. to the show, man. I man, appreciate, appreciate you coming you. up, man. You know, I appreciate you having me, man. We've been trying to link this up, man. So, you know, I'm glad we did it on the live. But, you know. Well, right now, uh, for the live audience on TikTok, if they go over to Instagram, I took a clip from that live. It's playing right, right now while right. we're here now, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean... Just first off, how you doing? Okay. What's been going on this year, and how's it been looking? Uh, this year, uh, you know, a couple of things happened. One, I, I landed a voiceover in a movie, uh, White Man Can't Jump, coming out on uh, on Hulu in May. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I'm the voice of the announcer for the tournaments mm -hmm. in the movie. Um, I did uh, All-Star Weekend for Utah, uh, uh, Allen Iverson's NBA uh, All-Star. Yeah, I was going to ask that. Okay. Um, Paul George Gatorade dunk competition, mm -hmm. uh, a Puma party, a Hennessy party. Like, it, it was popping, man. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, Shoe Surgeon, uh, Red Bull. I did, um, you know, uh, Influencer Celebrity Game. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, and you wonder why he's here, right? You, you, <laughs> wonder, you wonder why I brought him on the show, right? Because right now, right now, playing on Instagram, there's a clip. Right. Of our Instagram live where I'm saying on there, you have to go in the path that's already laid out. And on that clip, I said, yeah, man, I'm, I'm following what you're doing. And we was talking yeah. earlier and I was saying sometimes your milestones might not be my milestones. But as long as we on the same track, if I'm following that path, then I see where success is. So I'm listening to you like, OK, yeah, that's coming up for me. So, OK, so now let's back up before we just dealt with the last, you know, three months of this. Right. Right. Where was Mouthpiece at in junior high school? Who was Mouthpiece then? Uh, Mouthpiece was a scrapper. You know what I'm saying? Like, cat that loved to fight. Mm -hmm. uh, got into a lot of shit. Uh, transferred schools a lot. Uh, in middle school, you know, you in the city right now uh, that I grew up in. You know, City of Roses, Pasadena. But, um, you know, if you ever know the boundaries of things, you got Altadena, you got Pasadena. And Woodbury's in the middle. That's the borderline. You know, um, most of my people was from Pasadena. Mm -hmm. Everybody know what Pasadena is about. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. Altadena was about a different thing. I went to the school in the trenches. You know what I'm saying? Because my parents lived up in Altadena. They had a house. And, you know, I kind of grew up with some of them cats up there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as people got older, you know, you kind of choose your crowd and what have you. And uh, the crowd that I chose was not in the area that I was in. You know what I mean? And I hung out with that crowd and that's what I did. And uh, after a while, you know, I was known for just either real cool or a fighting individual. I like how you just navigated that, though. That was like some real G shit. The way you just... <laughs> You know, what I, mean? so, you know. I had to stop and acknowledge that though, because I'm listening to you right. I said, my man is going through this one like this. You're like, wait a minute, and you know, it was like this here. And I'm like, man, I done seen that in prison the way he was doing that one right Bro. there. Look, I done seen 
people from opposite sides of the track be sellies up in there. Yeah, y'all you know, know what I'm saying. Hey, and it, so, it, so know. the way you just described that, I was picturing that. But you showed the list. I got to give you that. You navigated that one right yeah, there politically. Hey, man, it, <laughs> I went there knowing that you know I was from the other side of the tracks. As far as like that's that's my neighborhood. Right. You know what I'm saying. So uh, you know when I, you evolve out of that and come, how the sports starts to play a part in that though. Well, I always was interested in football, basketball, and uh, martial arts. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. I did Muay Thai since I was seven. So I've always been a part of competition. Uh, but basketball was one of them sports that, you know, you play year round because gym, if it's bad weather, right. outside, if it's cool weather, right. you know what I'm saying? Football was a thing that I just love because it got, you got to do your aggression and show your athleticism. Hmm. There wasn't too many people trying to, you know, get together to fight because some cats wasn't like that. You know what I mean? But uh, got to high school. I played high school football and I played tournament uh, basketball during the summers. So I was always into those two sports. Was that right here in Pasadena? Yeah, yeah. I went to uh, after uh, Elliott Middle School. I went to Pasadena High. Okay. I played for Pasadena High. You know what I'm saying? Um, some of the notable cats: Chris McAllister, uh, uh, um, what's my man name? Lester Towns. Okay. Chitty Awuma that played for the Steelers. You know, black and yellow all day. Black and yellow, black. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, football was like my first love. You know what I'm saying? As far as like really the aggression of it all, I've always been an aggressive dude or whatever. But basketball was just so year round mm-hmm. that I used to just play basketball. Like some things happened uh, in high school where you know my baby bro got killed, and it kind of like took me off of sports. I just got into straight streets. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? And um. Some things happen out here, you know what I mean? And I wind up moving to L.A. And when I moved to L.A., uh, I was just trying to find sports or something relaxing to kind of like take my mind off of things. And they seen I wind up in Venice Beach, and uh, it was just like every day it was a new player. Now, what year are we talking? We talk about like 98, 99. Okay, all right. You now, this is, this is after... This is after maybe four or five after the uh, four or five years after the Pepsi three on three contest and whatnot and what maybe no. six seven years before the VBL. Uh, ninety eight. It was because they got started in like roughly oh six no oh seven oh seven oh eight something like up in there mm-hmm. and um, you know it was a uh, battlegrounds. That was up there. Nike Battlegrounds. They had like different things up there like that. Okay. But then Nick comes up with an idea to do Venice Ball. Wait, before we go there, the only reason I, I was just setting a, mind, a time frame, 98, oh, okay. on, on yeah, what was going on. I was, I, I just went up there to like really hoop, chill, what have you. But when I got up there, um, it was kind of like a territorial thing where, you know, cats up there, they're, everybody's from like different areas. But this is a particular sets area right you get what i'm saying so you bring in whatever neighborhood you from or wherever you from down there and then trying to push that line on the court yeah you know some cats it went left field try to be tougher than what they was and i was always that type of dude that set the shit straight i'm tired of talking you know what i'm saying so i got into a couple of fights up there and the group that was up there knew me from somewhere else but they were like bro you really on that chop sake shit <laughs> you know what i'm saying and i'm like bro you know I, and when it come to fighting man i don't never stray away from it you feel what i'm saying right. so uh i got a reputation of being a motherfucker that 
was real cool. I wasn't no bully. I didn't take it to you on some, I just want to. It was more or less, you call me a bitch. You do a little cheap shot, something like that. I'd be like, I'll give you a warning. My nigga, don't do that shit again, homie. It's going to be a problem. And I kept it real simple. Mm-hmm. You do it again, I'm swinging. And I wasn't going to talk to you about it. Wasn't none of that. So some of them down there was like, bro, I know about you and that shit, homie. We all became friends. I started playing ball to the point where uh, I would be talking shit on the sideline. And the crowds would come. And it was just a fun atmosphere. You know what I'm saying? They knew where I was from. They knew I was from Pasadena. But I never high signed. You know right. what I'm saying? If you don't know what high signing is... It's basically showing your hood and boasting about your neighborhood or wherever you from. That's high signing in another area that's off limits. Right. That'd you definitely that'd definitely get you a visit from somebody. You get me? So, you know, it it wasn't it wasn't that type of ball game. It was all about having fun, playing some basketball, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, people when you go to jail, that shit don't be mattering. Hmm. Blacks is with blacks, no matter what neighborhood you from it may be some politicking here and there to prove where you from or something like that but other than that y'all supposed to stick together so you know when we out here if you ain't moving the same way you know i don't know how you keep changing it just because there's a wall and a fence you feel what i'm saying again why he's on the show continue bro (laughs) (laughs) so you know um like i said things got kind of cool to the point where i was always getting crowds Mm mm-hmm and I was, you know, had people laughing, comparing them to people in TV shows that was popping at the time and just having a good time to the point where Venice Recreation, I went from yelling all the time to them giving me a bullhorn. Right. And then when they gave me a bullhorn, I was getting crazy crowds. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I was getting crowds where it felt like you was at Staples Center or. Right. Crypto, you can call it now. Oh, you better believe my post-production crew right now, they are already putting up clips while you're talking. Yeah. Hey, everything you're talking about, we see, we, we watch clips of this. When this comes out later on, you're going you're gonna to see all the clips you're talking about. Go right ahead, black man. We want to hear more of this interesting story of the creation of Mouthpiece. <laughs> so, yeah, man, it, it was crazy. Uh, like I said, one day, uh, it was a Friday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I used to go down there because, to be honest with you, when we played, I had a thing about playing because... You know, you could be down there every single day and you ain't making no money. Something ain't right. You know what I'm saying? So I used to gamble on the side, which was if I score more than you, $20. You get what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. no matter what, who we, who we win or not, if I score more than you, but see, I did it on the low. It wasn't to the point of everybody else knowing. You took the Pete Rose route. <laughs> well, I, I go right up to dude if he knew. You know what I'm saying? And he's guarding me. I said, right. you know, hey, bro, if I score more than you, 20 bucks. Mm. And it's like a gym you dropping somebody. You're like, what, nigga? So fat ass ain't going to beat me. But that's also a psychological game, too, Off within the, the game. You know what Off I'm saying? Because it's like you got to understand something. I always hustle. I used to sell everything under the sun, homie. So my thing is, on this one, I was like, man, if I'm going to be spending time with niggas doing exercise, right? I might as well try to see if I can get a couple of dollars here and there. Right. So boom, I'll be like, yeah, man, 20 bucks, I score more than you. And then, what? And then next thing you know is this, skunk pay double. Mm. If you don't score, and I, I score one point, you score none. Skunk pay double. Mm. The game within the game. 
And I used to get motherfuckers. The best day I ever had up there was like eight hundred dollars. But I can see that though, because if it was, if you just told it to him, his team don't understand why he doing what he doing. And they ain't even trying to feed him the ball. <laughs> ain't nobody in on it. It's just me and him. And motherfucker go out his way to try to score all the time. You ain't gonna get past me like that. You that's kind of genius. That's so, kind of genius right there. So we used to get it in that way, and then you know when the nightlife came, you know how that shit go. You go up in the bars and you have a good time, did your thing. But um, so one Friday, I'm up there. And I'm playing and I'm talking shit. And this dude goes, bro, you funny as fuck. Mm -hmm. Like, you, oh, my God, bro, you funny. He go, man, you, I had a meeting to go to. You got me sitting here all day. I'm like, oh, man, you know, we just have fun out here. You know, uh, NBA has rules. We ain't got no rules in street ball. Right. So we going to talk this talk. So he's like, okay, da, da, da. Next thing you know, I come back there on a Saturday and there's a tournament going on. Two-on-two, Nike, white man can't jump tournament. They got all these courts, and all of a sudden is, you know what I'm saying, some of my homeboys that I played with at the beach, some mm -hmm. of the homies that I know from around the way. And I'm like, man, oh, yeah, oh, I didn't know this. Right. So it's two-on-two two for two grand. I go to the courts where my boys are, and I just start talking shit because of the simple fact of the way, you know, uh, uh, the course was, I'm going to support my homies. But then I came across these two dudes they were playing. The two dudes look like guys that work at uh, uh, GameStop or like a home, you know, Walmart or something. Just some out of shape kind of like pizza dudes. Mm -hmm. and he said I, out of shape, out of shape <laughs> pizza dudes. Yeah, and, I, and you know, I, I was like, y'all going to let some dudes from GameStop beat y'all? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, you know, the crowd was laughing or whatever. That same dude comes up, taps me on the shoulder. Man, I was hoping that you came up here today. Hmm. I'm like, what's going on? He was like this. He said, I was here yesterday. You remember me from yesterday? I said, yeah, yeah. He said, I'm running this. He was like, man, I want you to get on the microphone. He said, man, I'll give you a check and some shoes if you just call these games. Hmm. As long as you don't say the word, nigga, they don't cuss, we good. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can do that. No problem. Man, I get on the microphone, I start hosting the game, crowd just comes in hmm. on all courts. Like, it was just packed out. And then I had, when they took us over, when they get to the final eight teams, they had us on the main blue court. Mm -hmm. I got that people all up on the wall, I mean, all up on the grass. Like, it was just packed out. And mind you, it's my first time. I was going to ask you, now, how old are you at this point? And, uh, and this is your first one. It was 2009. Okay. So roughly, I was like 30. I think I was like 30. Yeah, about 30. See, I listen, I listen to you, right? And I have other people on the show, and I, and I draw parallels to what I was doing inside of prison. Right. Doing the same time frame. Right. The same time frame you doing that is the same time frame I was doing what earned me the opportunity to come home. Oh, that's dope. Which was putting together leagues and stuff and doing play-by-play -play for it. And that's I tell dope. people this in private. I, I think I've said it to you in public, uh, to you personally, but I'm going to say in public, too. There's always parallel universes jumping off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like somebody doing almost like the same exact moment or they life changed the same exact year as yours. Yeah, yeah and, and, and that comes from, and, and in a lot of times it's a decision that we're making that we don't know we're making. We make it for one reason and it's actually for something else. Mine was to basically go to Juma service every Friday night. I mean, every Friday. And these cats was messing up my program so I couldn't get there. So I need to give you something to do so I can get to where I'm trying to get to. 
Yours was the driving force behind it, just doing it, as you said, for aggression, to uh, learn how to relieve some aggression and whatnot. And you look up one day and we where you at right now. Yeah. And I asked about the time because right around 2009 was I was at the peak or moving towards the peak inside. And I'm listening to you take off. It's crazy when I think about that. But those of y'all that know me, that know that I know about mathematics, this is right in line. <laughs> yeah, no, that's crazy because uh, it, it does happen like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? People kind of like kind of elevate at that, at that same time. It, yeah, that parallel thing is crazy. Right. It's a mathematical uh, paradox that jumps off in that. Okay, so now you get this first tournament. Yeah. First one out the way. But that ain't mouthpiece yet. Nah, the uh, the thing that got me mouthpiece was the event after that because after I finished that tournament, the guy who owned Dime Magazine at the time, um, well, the guy who discovered me was named Matty Donahue, which is one of the top execs right now at Nike. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Josh Godheave was the dude who, um, he was the owner of uh, Dime Magazine, mm -hmm. which was a hot magazine, you know what I'm saying, for basketball at that time. And they took me to their company and, you know what I'm saying, start getting me gigs and carrying on. And one of the first gigs that they got me right after this was um, uh, uh, down at Staples Center. It was the three-on-three -three tournament. Mm -hmm. It had a dunk competition, celebrity game, and uh, um, like basically playing with the kids, giving out prizes. That was supposed to be my main thing. It wasn't supposed to be nothing else. Mm -hmm. I was clowning with the kids, everything like that, having a good time. They were just trying to, you know, get me used to used to it. All of a sudden, the Slayer game's going on, and I'm kind of like looking at it like, oh, you know, I can kill that. You know what I mean? And if Michael B. Jordan was one of the things he had braids then. Um, the kid, a uh, dude named Simon Roth, who was uh, Superman at the time. Okay. He up there was playing. And uh, one of the execs at Nike was like, no, 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 we don't need your type of commentating over here. <laughs> like, that's exactly what he told me. He was like, man, we don't want you clowning nobody over here. My my celebrities are sensitive. We you can keep that, that ghetto shit over, shit over yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, we don't want none of that shit over here. Right. So uh, he leaves. That guy leaves to go to, like, backstage to get something to eat or some shit. And um, Josh goes, go, 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 go. Like, go do the celebrity game. Like, you know what I'm saying? Let, let people hear you. So, boom, I get up in there and I start talking. Superman has the ball. He dribbles to the hole, throws up a layup, and the shit goes over the backboard. Right? It was terrible. Just terrible. I go, wait a minute, Superman. You're stronger than the locomotive, <laughs> faster than the speeding bullet, able to leap tall bounds. <laughs> But you can't make a layup. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. I say, I know what it is. The other team got kryptonite in their pocket. <laughs> <laughs> so after I said that, the whole crowd starts dying. Superman walks directly to me, hugs me like, dude, that is the funniest joke I've ever heard about my being about. Superman. So everything was cool. The Nike exec dude comes back. He said he heard me. In the green room on the speakers. <laughs> with, with, with your kind of. With, with my kind of. And he was like, bro, you were fucking hilarious. He said, I wasn't even there. And I can imagine how it looked. And for you to say they had kryptonite in their pockets, he was like, bro, that was funny off the top of your head. Continue. And he sat back, let me do my thing. Next thing you know, I went from doing that whole entire celebrity game 
to me, my boy Guy Dupuy, which is one of the top dunkers that ever did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, T Dub. I go over here and I wind up doing this dunk competition with one of my guys named Joe Beef that used to be part of the uh, crew, or he's still part of uh, the crew. But I did this dunk competition that wind up being one of the most legendary dunk competitions ever. Like the video from that went viral. Hmm. When viral was a thing, right? You know what I'm saying. So after that, I just started doing everything else. I, Lisa Leslie, dedication of her retirement, uh, Red Bull Midnight Run, Red Bull King of the Rock. Uh, yeah, I, I was going everywhere. Nike, this. I got somebody finally up here that's running off a resume that I'm sitting here looking like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, this dude got a resume right here. I, I got a resume, but you know, I'm, I'm sitting here like fanboying right now on that one. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's led me to, like, you know what I'm saying, a lot of different places, man. I've been all over this country. Uh, um, came out with a show. I, I got three seasons of a show called Dunk League mm-hmm. that's, you know what I'm saying, been booming. And uh, that's always a good thing. Uh, I've made appearances on Netflix, Hulu. Uh, uh, um, my show was on um, Amazon Prime for a while. Uh, I got a dinner sponsor to the point where shout out to Dr. Connolly. Man. Uh, the man laced me down Damn, with a cold grill. Check his grill. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, so, he had it on Instagram, right? I, st- <laughs> I hit his DM immediately. <laughs> hey, man, how much did that cost? Right? Hey. That was the first thing I wanted to ask. But before we go for I want to back up on something, though, yeah. right? Before we go in there, we're going to get to there, but I want to back up <laughs> on something, right? Because being mouthpiece at Venice Beach, right, yeah. and, and being Aaron Showtime Taylor inside, that, that calls for a certain um, uh, 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 orchestration. Okay. Right? And so the first time I go out to Venice Beach, I'm watching how everybody does things. And I'm, like you said on, on your post, I'm used to calling games for real killers. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> right yeah, you know no, what I'm Because <laughs> I always play off of words, but that's, to me, that's one of the coldest ones between me and you. Right. Like, I got killers on the court as far as basketball killers dudes that are cerebral <laughs> with this hooping you get what i'm saying right they not dudes that's ever had no bodies or none of that these are dudes that just know how to body a person on a court but the transition of you <laughs> having a dude that probably is a lifer that took some lives and the motherfuckers in there for double life whatever and i just made that little play on words because that's what it really was but see with that with that in mind i'm watching you and the interaction Mm -hmm. now in my case i would never actually well maybe when i got to the level three but on level four there's no way when i see two men going together am i going to step in between that (laughs) right yeah that's you're just not going to do that but i've watched you out there and i've watched how you navigate that right and so i guess my question is um there's there's certainly a respect level there, yeah. right? When people see you and they see you coming and they stop and they're aware. But what do you go into that with? What feelings do you have when you go up in there when you say, you know what, this is a situation where I need to step in? Well, I mean, you know, um, in in all fairness, uh, you know, I was raised by a certain type of people. So a whole bunch of men just standing chest to chest don't seem right to me. And, you know, when they yelling and carrying on, calling each other bitches and all this other, that's not my scene to get that close. So evidently, you don't really want to fight per se. So let's skip past all that. You know what I mean? Let's get to the root of it. Mm-hmm. What didn't you like? Well, what will happen? You get what I'm saying? And I'd be trying to like, 
appeal to another grown man's mindset like, bro, I get it. Y'all mad. But y'all standing here too long. Y'all had the opportunity to swing and you did not. So can we let it go? You get what I'm saying? Or either if you're not going to let it go, take off your jerseys, head to the alley and do whatever you need to do. Right. Come back. We might give you the jersey, depending on if you're leaking or not. Right. And then, you know, we get back to whatever. But for me, I just never understood, uh, you know, the time frames of when people want to start getting nasty and carrying on on the court where you know everybody's watching. You know everybody see it, so don't, like, get to it and go away. Put it to you that way. And I just, we never had security. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Never had security. I've always been the one that jumps in the middle of all the fights, settle them in a matter of, like, possibly a minute or two. Because if you see me, they both walk away or they either stop from then on. Yeah. Yeah, I watched it, and and it impressed me because again, where I, my environment, where I where I hone my skills at, I'm not just gonna do that. Yeah, I get you. You know, because that you. you can get caught in the middle of something. But I, I have, it, I've had, I've had to deal with men who, in that emotional state, even turn to me and like, man, you can get it too and run up, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I was yeah. just when I watched it, it was impressive because it actually gave me a way to learn how to deal with people when I was out doing play-by-play yeah. in other places along the way, right? Yeah. And so just like I said in the video that's playing, uh, in the video that's playing now, and I'm always going to say it, I'm following the path and I'm watching what you're doing because if you want to be great, you got to watch great people. If you want to be a millionaire, that. you got to hang around millionaires. Yeah, for if sure. they're not millionaires, you need, to, you need to hang around people who are around millionaires so you can get the information that they get. Definitely. You know, and so definitely on that alone, I'm going to keep following it down and I'm going to keep walking down behind you on that. But now I want to go to where you was going, where I, I pulled you away from a minute ago. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> okay. I'm going to do some rapid fire stuff on this because you've been with the Venice Basketball League. Are you been down there at Venice Beach a long time? Yeah. Um, technically, I've been with Venice. Uh, this will make it 13 years for me. With the VBL? With the VBL. But as far as being at Venice Beach? Uh, at Venice Beach, yeah. I, like I said, I got there like right, roughly around 98. And I was hooping, you know what I'm saying? And really like, you know, coming to the coming to the beach mostly every day, you know what I'm saying? Because it was just different. Like, if I my my you know, my grandmother, she was over there off like LeBray and Washington area. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's where I started like when I first came to LA. Cause I moved in with grandma, but you know, me and grandma didn't see eye to eye. So I was always gone. But I was always at the beach. So she barely seen me unless I came home with sleep. You know what I'm saying? And it was just a thing. And then I started living out by the beach. Found a condo. You know what I'm saying? And everything was cool. But it was just the transition of going from Pasadena to Venice. In between that time was a lot of time spent in L.A. Kind of like just being around, going to Dorsey, playing ball. But like I said, once I got to Venice Beach... It was different, man, because of the simple fact of not seeing the same person every day except for the core people. Mm-hmm. You had a core group of cats that played every day with you, but then you always had somebody new. It was somebody from Mississippi, somebody from Pennsylvania, somebody mm-hmm. from Florida. It was just different states. Like, damn, they just wanted to come and play at Venice. At Beach. Venice. So, mm-hmm. you know, you got to really, like, see different types of play. We And, you know, we took pride in killing cats from out of town. You know what I'm saying? It just, just drag them. Yeah, because Derrick Rose, man. Derrick Rose is in the NBA. And uh, 
he had signed his deal with Adidas. So one day he comes out there, he got like six, seven homeboys. They all in Adidas. So they get on the court talking about, yeah, we gonna run this shit. We gonna run this shit. Well, uh, okay, all right, for sure. And next thing you know, man, dragged them. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, uh, you see Derrick Rose sitting in the corner, and then once his boys lost, you know, he was gone. Isn't that always the case, though, when you open up your mouth before something starts? Uh, <laughs> but see, I'm the one that always does that, because that's, that's the thing that I bring to the table, too. Uh, when it comes to trash talking, I'm the first one to blurt it out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, if, if if somebody come over to me like, man, I'm finna get 50 today. But I know, let's say you are a 50-point dude. I approach it a certain way. Like, I'll come out and be like, huh, somebody said they going away home with 50 in a cool way. You know what I'm saying? And they can look at that person and be like, oh, that person might can go for 50, but we going to stop them today. Mm-hmm. And I stir up the stoppage. Then it could be a dude that say he scored 50. I ain't never seen this nigga score a dub. So it's like, oh, no. Somebody said they scoring 50 on y'all. <laughs> and then, you know, the back and forth goes. The whole dictation changed on that. You the whole saying, attitude, everybody, everything. Oh, everybody got an attitude. You know what I mean? Uh, one, of my, one of my best ever stories of somebody doing that was a Hezzy guy. Hezzy guy comes into the gym and the other team is already talking. We ain't going for none of all that bullshit today. None of that Euro. None of all that bu- like talking mad trash. And I'm talking about Every one of them. Mm-hmm. He walks into the gym. I immediately told him. I'm like one of them kids that just out, <laughs> fuck it. We gonna, if we gonna talk about some shit, let's no. go on and get it out on the table. No, no, even before you go there, anybody old enough to remember that Richard Pryor joke, right? When the, when the boy was over there talking, he said, hey, Ronnie, can I talk to you for a minute? I need to tell you something that's really gonna blow your mind. Right. Who did you possibly tell me to blow my mind, chump? Jesse's been talking about your mother. What? <laughs> right, right, right. I'm one of them. You know what I mean? Because it's it's, it's all in fun in basketball, but not you with him though. Trash. Not with him though. Yeah, they yeah. they really be meaning what they say about him. Yeah, no, and, and and the thing about it is, is y'all talk about him like he don't get this. He don't get work. Now, granted, you know, at other peaks and other levels, he may get stopped. Everybody's not perfect. Right. Some people have bad games. Some people, but majority of you cats that go up against him. You get that work. Only the elite level dudes may possibly stop him for a whole game. Hmm. And these dudes are probably dudes that either is right there on the brink of in the, uh, being in the G League or being in the G League or the NBA. And if you just work on your skill, possibly you a different dude. But you run in the mill, typical cats that are just trying to get your name out there. He didn't cook y'all. Hmm. You get what I'm saying? So he walks in, and like I said, I tell him. And the first thing uh, he says out of his mouth, he said, what? Who going to stop me? And he looks over at him. Man, I'm going for 50. <laughs> and then I was like, ooh, you hear how he talk to y'all? And he walks over there. He said, man, he ain't going for 50. Nigga, that nigga crazy. He turns around and says, I'm going for 60 then. Man, the game goes. At halftime, this nigga had 42. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm sitting up here, right, right when it halftime, mind you, he had threes, he had all kinds, of, but the last bucket he made was a Hezzy Euro layup. 
at the buzzer. I look at the score. I said, how much does he have? He said, 42. I stood up, dust my clothes off. <laughs> I look dead at these motherfuckers right here. And I go, he has 42. You don't think he going to get 60? I said, all he needs is 18 points. You niggas ain't stopped him in the first half of 42. You think he ain't going to get 18 more? I was like, bro, all right, if he get this 60, I don't want to hear none of you niggas talk for the rest of the season. Oh, wow. I was like, I don't want to hear nothing about how tough niggas are on defense, all that shit. Shut the fuck up. Right. This nigga here scores the 55 in the third. Mm. I go... Hey, man, if he scored his 60, I swear to God. He said, mouthpiece, don't trip. I got you, and I'm about to sit down. This nigga sits down for eight minutes. Comes back in the game, scores 62. Mm. So, you know, I, I and, and I've seen him score 71 in front of me. You know what I'm saying? So it's players out here that really get with it, and, I, and anytime there's an issue or somebody's talking, I make sure I put it on front street. Frank Nitty, one of the coldest out here in L.A. My boy Tim Johnson said he was going to lock Nitty up. We was at the JBL. He said, I'm going to lock him up. And this is when I really started to, like, egg on matchups. I was putting it on Instagram before we even get to the game. When they get into the gym, I say, oh, this nigga didn't came for him and all this other shit. I told Nitty, hey, Tim said he's going to stop you today. He's the better point guard. Mind you, both of them was fast. Mm-hmm. Both of them finished at the rack real cool, and both of them had a jumper. When I told Nitty about him saying that, mm-hmm. this motherfucker just started. He was talking to me every point. <laughs> saying, you said this nigga's going to stop me? You got me fucked up. <laughs> and I'm talking about the gym is laughing to the point where he did him so dirty, Tim quit. In the third quarter, he didn't go back into the game, bro. He quit the game and sat on the bench for the fourth entire fourth quarter. Yeah, he beat him on the court and in his head. So you know, it's it's it's. I have like like I said, I, I give people nicknames for them to market. That's one of my things. You know, people play in front of me, or and 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 that kind of goes to the same thing as far as respect goes. When it comes to stopping arguments. You're dealing with somebody that either possibly can give you a name that markets you so well that you make money off of it. Mm-hmm. But my nickname certify you half of the time. You know what I'm saying? Or should I say majority of the time? Because now I got another dude out here that's blowing the scenes off these motherfucking basketball games in body bag. You know what I'm saying? Brandon Moss, one of the top streetball players that's right now all over YouTube. I nicknamed him. Before he had before he had body bag, people knew of him like in the basketball world, of course. But the world didn't know him. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, you know, when you get named by me and you get a name that basically sticks, people are like, oh, shit. Oh, you went down there. That's why I have the time when we do VBL and we got uh, drafts. Cats come through there because they know if I do well here. That man's going to certify me, put the stamp on me. I can go further. White Iverson was one. Yeah, let's, I, I want to pause right there because that was an interesting name to me because, of again, where I come from, right. race is an issue, right? And so right. 
when I think we was in Long Beach and I had to literally ask him, is it cool if I call you White Iverson? He was like, yeah, man, call me that, man. Don't don't trip on that. Right. So when it when it comes to names like that, right? Mind you, I didn't give him that name. What name did you give him? I gave him the Italian answer. I remember that. Because, see, I have a thing about naming somebody uh, Black Larry Bird or right. something. Like, I, I would never do no shit like that. Either I can I make it familiar with you as a person. So when I first heard him say White Iverson, I was like, oh, okay. I was like, hmm, you know, I don't. I don't know about that one, player. <laughs> and, you know, at my beach, can't nobody tell me different. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, you can tell me your name is Flourish. I'm going to call you Clean. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's just me. But he came there and he said, why Iverson? I said, ah, all right, player. When he got to playing, but he was playing nice. I just kept, I, I was saying Iverson, but I was like, mm, it, would, it, it was hurting me at first. Then I said the Italian answer. I remember that name. That, that was 2020. And everybody was like, oh, shit, I like that. Ooh. And it kind of made it better for everybody in a sense watching. But I also cannot take away the fact of how much love that man got for Iverson. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like that's the kind of uh, uh, race barriers that we want to break anyway. Right. Where cats don't look at it so much as race, but respect the fact that it is race involved. That's why he put the white on it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? He didn't want to just take it and say, hey, I'm Iverson. He wanted to pay homage to the main dude he's always watched, but put the fact that he's white in it. Man, and I, I, to be honest with you, the name fits perfect for him. It fits perfect yeah. for his game. Yeah. The big shot mentality, willing yeah. to do anything. That's something. Okay, now you've been in Venice Beach for a while, long yeah. time. Uh, let's, I'm, I'm going to ask you, name your top ten list. Oh, shit. Of the greatest Venice basketball players of all time. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, I'm putting you on the spot. Damn. Okay. Got him. Okay. That might be uh, the only gotcha question you guys have ever heard me give in the history of Hard in the Paint. Live right now. I need the top ten greatest of all time. In your humble opinion, uh, Venice basketball I mean, players. I, I, okay, but I'm not saying it in any order. It doesn't have to be in order. It's just okay. the top ten. Okay. Well, I um, ain't say name number one and then, you know, down. Just the, in your mind, when ten players come up, who represent the greatest of all time? Okay. Um, well, for a long time, the Venice All-Stars had, um, had the chips going. They had, like, five in a row um, that consisted of – one of my all-time favorites that represent out of Pasadena, Sick with it. So, okay. You know, Sick Shout out was to on Sick. another team. Uh, Bone Collector was on another team. Yes. That's another Pasadenaian. Um, other than that, um, that always stood out, I have a guy by the name of Toninator. Uh, this man uh, worked at a company, and he had messed up his fingers, and the meat of his fingers of his shooting hand was chewed out. So okay. it was down to the bone. They had to reconstruct his hand and put fake stuff there for his hand to stay straight. For that whole summer, he shot with his left hand and damn near averaged over 18 points in the game. <laughs> and he's right-handed? And he's right-handed. That sounds like some Kobe Bryant type stuff when he, met, when he had that thing on his hand and went berserk with the left. One of the coldest I've ever seen. Mm. So, uh, yeah, you got the Toninator. Um, uh, uh, the Great White Hope. My guy by the name of Pat, 
uh, Pat was like, Patrick, he um, he was the one white dude that always hung with us, heavily, blonde hair, blue eye. I mean, no, he got brown eyes. He got brown eyes. Uh, but he was just a slasher and a flair type of player, throw behind the head, dimes, cut on somebody, make a good layer. He just, mm -hmm. he was stronger than my man Grinch. Uh, Grinch was one of the coldest. Um, he was my teammate for years. Uh, used to score 40. One of his, his son right now is one of the top high school ball players in the country. Uh, played at Fairfax. Okay. You know what I'm saying? By the name of uh, Darius Carr. But, Shouts uh, out to Darius Carr, Fairfax High School. Man, um, who else we got? Um, uh, shit. So you the name you the name six. Name six? Yeah, you got okay. six. Uh, Zach Andrews, who actually became a ten day with the Lakers. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? One of the biggest big men. Um, I had another dude. Uh, I used to call him Death from Above. <laughs> Death from above, DFA. And, uh, and he, he wait, wait, dude. wait, wait, DFA, DFA. Hey, it's some dudes that's that's gonna see this right. That was inside <laughs> with me, and they listening to your nicknames, and they like, damn, them dudes is kind of like keep going. Death yeah. from above, DFA. I got yeah. you. Tim Tim True is his real name. He's a white dude, and you know, one cold basketball player, but. When I tell you, if somebody throws the ball above the rim, Tim was coming from out of nowhere mm. and banging on you. Mm. So I had nicknamed him Death from Above <laughs> because he used to just kill. Has he got got to be on my list? You know what I'm saying? He won a championship this past year. Yeah, definitely. He won a championship, I think his first or second year in the league behind another point guard. Um, my other guy is King Hustle. King Hustle um, uh, was one of the, his name is Tristan Wilson. Uh, used to play with shades on, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But back-to-back -back champion, back-to-back uh, -back MVP, you know what I'm saying? He he was a cold one. Uh, my man Mute, who's a, with the uh, Venice All-Stars, was a five-time champion, four-time. He's with Sunblock now in the Venice yes. Basketball League, definitely. He was one of the coldest shooters, and if he had a good point guard, if you went to sleep, he was catching you with the lob every time. He, him and his dad had some of the best genes of basketball I've seen because his dad dunked. The latest he dunked was at 52 years old. Mm. But, you know, uh, Mute is his real name. I mean, Mute is his name. Uh, but he, he's a good shooter. Good, um, <coughs> he know how to slash and he played the game right. Uh, um, you down to your last one right here. The last one. Ooh, because I know some people was probably going to be upset at me because I didn't really, like, <laughs> like give out the whole... He, this this is excuse for... He put me on the spot. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I didn't know. I didn't I, know that question was coming. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm definitely on the spot. Uh, I, I guess it, I guess you could say, because and, and this is the cold part, he's been a part of three championship teams. Yeah, three championship teams. And I would have to do a reserve spot for one more. Okay. Um Beast is the one I'm talking about. This man was um uh one on one champion, five time champion with the uh Venice Ball, two time champion, I think, with Bram Black. Yeah. So check this out. And then my boy AJ Harris, aka the chosen one. The chosen this one. This is just the energy. The chosen I watched one. him from a young pup. 
when older dudes was grabbing his jersey, ripping his jersey off, making him mad because he was only like 18 years old. He was with a team called the NCAA Boys. They were all youngsters playing against grown men. Him and this other dude went buck wild evolution. Mm -hmm. Evolution is another one. Uh, And they just, they took these old dudes and by the end of the game, you know, his jersey was tore up. They lost by two, but everybody gave him a standing ovation because they was young and they just really played hard. And then after that year, he just changed. He wound up being one of the grimiest type of player, steal the ball, come back, dunk on you, hit threes, just partying down the court. Shouts out to my basketball nephew, Alphonse. He's talking about yeah, you right man. now, man. So, yeah, AJ, <laughs> you know what I mean? He's one of my favorite players because he plays the game with so much fun. Mm-hmm. He's not always serious. Even when somebody gets mad at him, he's still smiling. You know, it's just he, he plays the game with the fun that I love to watch. Tell me a moment in Venice Basketball League history, right, where you saw the best of the league, not as an individual person, but the best of the league. Uh, I mean, it's been it's been a couple, but, um, you know, I got to play in at least four championships myself Mm -hmm. and we lost every one and it was all to, you know, Venice All-Stars. But watching the battle between, you know, Sick with it and Grinch, Beast and Zach Andrews, uh, Toninator versus um, the model or like different other cats. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, my bad. One of the top 10 of all times, my man, the first ever MVP of the league. First ever. That's my, my man MVP. I can't forget him because he was a clutch player. He helped win those championships for Venice All-Star in the clutch, too. So I got to give him that. But I've the battles of those particular All-Stars together, because you got to understand, when they started leaving the teams, they were the leaders and big guys of the other teams. Mm-hmm. So that unit was a core unit that held it down for five years strong. You know what I'm saying? Now, when that team broke up and everybody went to other teams, did that make the league stronger? In a sense, yeah, because, uh, you know, Cats felt like they was tired of seeing the same teams win, you know, and other guys felt like they were big enough to go to other teams to make and carry the changes. Yeah. And uh, it didn't happen that way. It was just like whoever was the strongest team at that time survived. Now, when Beast left Venice All-Stars and there was a brand black the motherfuckers was cold. It was like they had reassembled the Venice All-Stars because they had like some of the top players in the King Hustle, uh, uh, The Beast, um, uh, uh, Vince Camper, who's body bat, I mean, body, uh, body snatcher. Body snatcher. Yeah. They had like a core group of dudes in the back, uh, No Fear was mm-hmm. a good point guard. And then behind him was also Hezzy God. You know what I'm saying? So it was, they had a squad. And this is when Hezzy God first got to the scene. He wasn't the person that everybody was looking to yet. But you got to understand, when he got in, he had a little bit of impact, and it was cool. You know what I'm saying? Mouthpiece goes leaves California and goes to which park first to do play-by-play at what tournament? Uh, My first tournament? No, not your first tournament. If you was the lead of state right now. Okay. And they, what state, what park, what tournament? 
Oh, if I was to leave to go somewhere right now to do a tournament, uh, yeah, I'll probably go do Dykeman or Rucker, something like that, because, uh, you know, I've done New York before and they love me for it. But, uh, I've done Venice out here. I've done a lot of the pro-ams out here. I just did, you know, the Drew League, uh, I did their championship and their playoffs. Mm-hmm. So that was like a big checklist off my, you know, off my page. Uh, but yeah, I would love to go do Dykeman and Rucker. I would love to go do Barry Farms. I mean, the Goodman League. Shout out to my man Miles over there in DC. Uh, I would love to go do the Miami Pro-Am. I would love to do the Chicago Pro-Am, the Atlanta Pro-Am. Shout out to, um, ah, I can't remember her name right now. She's the voice of, uh, the A-Y-B-E-B-L, I think it's called. A-B-E-B-L. I know the league, but I, I don't know the girl. But while you got it up there, we'll just go. We'll, I'll send that shout out to Renee Montgomery, who does uh, Renee's Monday Night Runs down there okay. uh, for the Atlanta Dream. We'll put that name out there. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, the, the girl that who does their announcing, I think she also does, like, she does some work with Overtime that's down there mm-hmm. the stadium. And then she also, um, she does arena work for Chicago Bulls. Hmm. So yeah, shout out to her, man. So you got some you got some people coming up in this business, right? And yeah. and and you know, they sit around you and they they want to get a couple of jewels, right? Right. Um and I'll ask the question this way cuz this is a hustle and grind. Oh yeah, you definitely. Know, you, man. You, you have to hustle and grind. So what would what are two jewels that you would give somebody who's looking at this and they say, "Man, that guy just did 26 years and he's doing it and this guy was out here, he's doing it." You know, what, what's two jewels that you would give to somebody watching saying, I want to get in what they're doing and I want to get into that and try to be successful at it? Uh, one, I would say get into your, uh, get into what's hot, get into, you know, always constantly checking information um, because it can help you in comparisons when you're having fun on the microphone. Like, right. You know, um, sometimes people get caught up in their own, in their own error. And just say, you know, fuck the new era. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, nah, you got to still research things. Because when you go do a show, it's a, it may be a younger crowd. The younger crowd may not know shit about Martin or living single or none of these motherfucking shows. Hey, wait. You, no, but I'm just, I'm being honest hey man, with you, man, this cat said Martin and living single. Is that the reference point for some of these people? Man, bro, some, some dudes be giving off jokes from shows. That these youngsters is like, what the fuck? Who is that? that? Then they got to Google it, and then your laugh get delayed. Right. You know what I'm saying? But if you compare them to somebody that's new, you know what I mean? Like, oh, old boy got a tight-ass fade, like uh, Little Tootie. And Little Tootie is fucking Boosie's son. You know him. Oh, I get it. Now, the older people may not get it. You know what I'm saying? But you just got to look at your demographic and see what age is there. And, you know, kind of either you shoot for your age, you shoot for the one right below you, but you try to stay current. Try to stay current and tapped in. Yeah, just try to stay current, man. I don't care what it is. I don't care if you don't like people's music or not. Watch them just to either find out if you like them, know that you don't like them, but use it as a good joke and a ploy to kind of like keep shit entertaining. To build on what he just said, watch this, right? So, yeah, everybody knows I do Hard in the Paint remix by the Rebirth of Chick, you know? Right. I'll see somebody's video. There'll be some music on there. Nice. Let me snatch that. And I'll put some new music to it. When I say new, meaning I'm going to put another song on there. Right, right. In doing what you said, I, uh, our engineers, uh, uh, Idris and uh, Nayel, they rolled up here in the car with me, right? And they, you know, what are you listening to? Big X, the plug. 
Okay. 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 Yeah. You know, nowhere in the world I would have ever came across this guy if I didn't have my ear open and listening. Right. Okay. What are these? What 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 these youngsters listening to? I come across. I said some earlier. You was like, man, you just throwing names out there yeah. because I yeah. haven't been able to distinguish between the voices yet because on that level. I know the difference between Chuck D, Ice T, Ice Cube. See, I, you putting motherfuckers out there that niggas be like, "What?" Who right. Is that? So now, oh, you mean a nigga from LA Law? Right. Exactly. Or Law and Order. Law and Order. But what I'm doing is I'm getting my ear attuned now to hearing the differences. Yeah. You know, because it was clear differences in the '90s and '80s and '90s, but now it's a little bit different because auto tune and stuff like that. And then yeah. you got these different regions. Memphis got they sound. Right. Atlanta got they sound. But I you don't really saying? listen to none of these cats unless they got a distinct voice and a cold beat. Well, Big X the plug got both of that. And again, I okay. would never came across him until I'm listening and trying to tap in. And man, he yeah, got when I heard him, I'm like. He, in a way, it's in the same lane as Kevin Gates, only in one way. They just got a familiar, the same beat. Right. But when it comes to the, what, he, what they talking about, no, yeah. it should be live. Big extra plug. I'm with you. I got you. I'm, you you're, in, you're in my playlist, man. Believe that. Cause yeah, I just I just got on some new cats. Um, Big Boogie. Yeah. Big Boogie. He I, I like some of his beats and like he go in. You know what I'm saying? Now then I got some guys that I had here on the show. One of them is Cash XO, youngster, right? Cash I got XO. yeah, Cash XO. I got him in my playlist too. Okay. Right. But to go back to the rebirth of chicks, so what I do is sometimes I'm going old school because I'm listening for words. So one of my most recent ones, uh uh T Y Ty Glover. Okay. Is going up for the dunk, and when he hits the dunk, when he lands, he act like he fall out. Right. Oh man, I know exactly where I'm going to to get the lyrics for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, it definitely. Some of these songs be great for some of the the, the bites that they got out here. Right, but it's then perfect. on other ones, I'm going to future. I'm going to Drake. I'm going to the weekend. You know what I'm Something saying? Something that you know kind of like goes with it and just a banger. Not just that, but. My catalog for music, I didn't really listen to music inside. I was studying for them 25 years. I hear that. So all of this music is new to me. And you gave me that advice two years ago. Yeah. Stay yeah, tapped yeah. in. Get, catch up. Yeah, of course. Catch up. Got and to. what's the second jewel you would give somebody that's trying to get in this business? I'll be you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, don't, don't get trapped into, if you've been an announcer, uh, like I never looked at anybody and said, that's how I want to be. Mm -hmm. I may have said, you know, I want to be fun, but my my whole thing was I got a particular swag. So I'm going to be that, but just a little extra for fun. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, a couple of cats that I used to see doing this was uh, Duke Tango was one. You know what I'm saying? He had and one cracking. You know what I mean? And he was cool. Like as far as that was his New York swag, like, but I, you know, I always felt like, well, shit, I'm not from New York, so I wouldn't do it like that. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I thought for what he did, he was iconic because he gave nicknames. He, you know, he made you feel comfortable in watching it and made it fun. Right. Me per se, I always, you know, I like the nickname part because definitely it helps branding because branding is, you know, huge nowadays. But uh, the jokes of it all, I want the person who don't care about basketball to stay. Because the person about basketball, I got them all, man. Right. It's like, how, how are you attracting the new person who may not be interested in basketball at all, Yeah. but they're interested in you? Off the rip. And I get that all the time when it comes to, like, mothers or, 
you know, grandmas or even dudes that's not really in the sports. They just here to support their homies or their kid or something like that. And the first thing that they tell me is like, you know, uh, sometimes when I watch basketball, I'll be like, damn, I can't wait till it's over. That's what they'll tell me. Mm-hmm. But being around you, you make it so fun where I don't even want to miss a line from you. Right. So I just like, it's hard for me to go get something to eat. I'll be sitting here hungry. I can, I can attest to that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I can attest to that. My, my, my whole thing was, it just, you know, uh, I like to have fun. I like to have some things that's kind of memorable. I like to name somebody that day. Sometimes that shit just don't come to me. I get DMs all the time. Hey man, can you name me? Can you name me? Send me send me a video and ask me to name them off of the video. And I'm like, bro, that's not how this shit works. Hey, look, it's trust me when I tell you this. I, I, I and I know I'm cutting you off, but I, I'm guarantee you there's some people that's listening to this right that's gonna say. That's the same thing that happened inside of San Quentin. Right, right. Those guys come in to play basketball and want to be a part of the program, but all my dudes got nicknames. Right. So they right. like, man, when you gonna give me a nickname, man? Right. I come up here and play. It's 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 not areas like I said. It's mathematics. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. everybody is doing the same thing in different places. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For those that want to know what I'm talking about, I'm not talking about being. Uh, I'm talking about being inspired, not inspirational. I heard that. You know, it's yeah, a difference yeah. on that. We're going to close out, right? Yeah. We're getting close to the end of this. And uh, uh, um, I'll switch it up. <laughs> I'm going to let you to be the interviewer and I'll be the interviewee. Because my first interview ever when I got out at Venice Beach, at Dotweiler, was you. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> now, hey, it was a trip for me because of the simple fact, you know, don't get it twisted. Um, at the time when you came in, it was a lot of people up there, uh, I guess you could say, trying to do my job hmm. because I started traveling a lot and not being able to be at Venice all the time. So they had to be fill-ins. And I didn't have no problem with it or nothing like that. I just was like, you know, don't make it seem like this shit is easy. That's one thing that I've always said to people. Don't make it seem like my job is easy because it's not. It's definitely you know what not. I'm saying? But, you know, I'm very flattered that honestly, when I see the people that get on the microphone, really that's been behind, not you, but that's been around me, like for these times, you can see me always coming out of them. Like oh. certain these things they say, the way that they said and everything like that. When you when uh you approach me. See, the thing that was different was the fact that, one, you wasn't part of that group that's always been there, Hmm. that always, you had your own style. So I was kind of like, oh, yeah, well, fuck it. Hell yeah. I don't want to hear a fake me and be your bitch. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That sounds like a Drake song. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I really honestly was like, really like on some, oh, I'm not tripping about this. But at the time, I'm not gonna be on, I'm gonna be honest with you. It was weird because, like I said, he approached me with you, and I'm like, okay, so this again. All right, no problem. But then I was like, he told me the story, and I was like, oh wait, hold up, I seen that. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing that video. I was like, oh, nigga, let him go. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He ain't finna be saying shit I'm saying. Go ahead. Exactly. And that's why I was real cool with it after he had, 
Like, just told me that brief part of it. And I was like, oh, I remember that video. I remember they went down there. Yes, they was playing ball. I do remember a dude that was, oh, that's him. Nigga, let's do it. It's crazy because during that same time, right, I'm on the tier, right? Yes, it's illegal to have phones in prison. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm on the they tier. got them all day. Right, I'm on the tier, right? And me and my dude, as we looking, right? And I'm like, man, listen to that old boy, right? Let's come back and look at this. We on you watching, right? Shit. Well, I got to go try to get his job. That was the first. <laughs> hey, and that's funny that you say that because to keep it a buck, then it started off with a, uh, a different announcer. Right. Uh, by the name of DB. And uh, you worked with him before. Yeah, DB, definitely. So Shouts out to the vet. <laughs> so the thing about it was my first couple of years, my first two years of the VBL, I had just got caught up for the shit that I was doing in the streets or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I was on uh, house arrest. You know what I'm saying? And I remember going up to the beach. This is like the first year. Going up to the beach and I'm seeing, seeing this shit. I'm seeing it like, oh, okay. They started a league. Ooh, oh, that's pretty dope. Mind you, I'd already been down there. So it's like, oh, that's, that's pretty dope. And it's the dudes that started it with some of the dudes that used to play with us over there. All of a sudden, like I said, the year goes by, I didn't like it. I felt the vibe wasn't right. I'm, I'm just being honest. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to throw no shade to nobody, whatever. No, we talk. All you're doing is giving your perception and yeah. your, your memory of that historical moment. Yeah. So, and what wind up happening was, you know, I do background checks on cats. Like, oh, where are you from? Where are you from? Where, 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 where did he come from? For those of you who don't know, we call that checking paperwork. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, boom, I'm like, hey, where dude from? That's on the mic. And it was like, he from Philly. And I'm like, hmm. Hmm. You know, being from Cali, if you a Philly dude and I come through there and I'm over here announcing games, <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? And I'm from L.A. and you got me in Philly. These Philly niggas is going to look at me like I'm crazy. You know, notice I ain't looking up, bro. I'm, I'm going to clean my glasses on now. <laughs> you feel me? But it, it's true. It's called a check-in. You feel me? It's true. It's called respect. But granted, <laughs> I didn't have no problem with him per se. Right. Just the process. It was just the process of it all. It's like, bro, I'll be over here killing it on a day-to-day basis with a bullhorn. But all right, whatever. Not tripping. All of a sudden, I'm hearing things, whatever. He made a comment, you know, about some people, whatever. And I'm like, oh, Okay. Then they see no, no lie. I walked up to him. I was, I was a, you know, dude on house arrest, probably in my feelings. You get what I'm saying? And I walked up to him. I said, "How does it feel to have my job?" <laughs> and when I said that, I, I'm, I was being very competitive. You know what I'm saying? I'm just being honest with you. I didn't right. because if if it was really personal, I'd have took it physical. Right. But I, it was never like that. It was never like that. I just felt. No, you said what it when was. When the vibe is, where if you're having a vibe of sports or something like that, you know, sometimes it may be cool to just have that person from that town, unless that person is just hella talented. And when I got on the microphone for the first time at that place, shit blew up. Right. We've been getting right. respect ever since, because at first it was like we were an and one league. Right. Nobody really respected us. I come along, set some tones, telling people, hey, you can do all that trick shit, 
But if a, if a dude rip you in the middle of all your little bullshit, don't get mad. Everybody ain't going for that shit. Either make some pure highlights or work on your game. And then it got to the point where people stop bullshitting. You start getting some respect. People start coming through there to play that wouldn't normally play there. And, you know, my, my reputation went higher up because of the simple fact when you come to the BBL, you're going to have a good time. You're going to laugh. You're going to. Even if the games is weak, I'm gonna make sure that the shit is fun. Mm-hmm. So you know. All right, this is the we we down. We probably got about two minutes left in this interview, right? For sure. And so I'm a, I'm gonna ask a question about somebody we both like as a as a ball player. Okay. Right. And I definitely use a lot of his videos, right? And I'm talking about uh, my man Mac Thomas, uh, Mac Thompson. I am Mac Thompson, aka. Oh, <laughs> excuse yeah. me. Excuse, excuse me. me. <laughs> that, hey, that's actually my play relative because we got the same last name, Thompson. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, but he does it for the hefty ones, man. That. <laughs> You know what I mean? I tell him that all day. Matter of fact, when I when I get home, I'm gonna post that uh, video of him doing his thing, and me in the background said he represents my kind, the hefty ones. That's my guy. That's my guy. I had Yvonne Hard in the paint on the Instagram, right? And I told him he reminded me of Khalid Alamine, right? And he was like, "Yeah, you know what I'm saying, right?" <laughs> but he went anyway to get to Iron Mac Thompson, <laughs> aka Excuse Me, right? Right. Um. Uh, he was at All Star Weekend as well, wasn't yes, he? Yes, he, he was in the uh, he was in the uh, Allen Iverson celebrity game that I did. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, as the last question, right from that celebrity game, right? Yeah. Uh, the players that was there, what does it feel like as the individual, right? In a lot of cases, that there's basketball players out there who have their talent and whatnot, but you and I know as commentators in any any basketball or any sports commentator know your voice has a lot to do yeah. with how they get to where they're at. What does it feel like as a as a as an announcer to watch some of the players who you've done play by play for make it to an event like that? Well, I mean, uh it's it's dope in a lot of ways because of the simple fact I gave them a somewhat platform, not um Excuse me, he he did that on his own. He, right, being from Boston, uh, but like White Iverson and Hezzy God and Body Bag and whoever else I've uh, helped name, it it is dope because simple fact you have to work on your craft. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This shit just don't happen just because you're there. You have to have some consistencies when you off camera working on your game or working on like when it comes to me, I'm watching stuff and thinking of who I could compare it to. I'll write down lines that I come up with in my head to use on particular things. And then other stuff just come to me when I'm hosting it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But when it comes to somebody like that, it's it's a joy to watch it because it just means somebody else is in a certain position. They can give you something that help elevate your game, but it's up to you to do what you need to do to go up here. And what those guys have done with their careers is pretty dope because they're living like a pro. Hmm. They're playing a game that they love, getting paid. They may not be getting paid $200,000 like an NBA player, but shit, you're getting paid to do a game that you love. Right. You ain't clocking in no nine to five job, worried about your coworker or none of that. You having being filmed, living a life of as a celebrity and having a good time and people recognizing you and showing you love and going different places because you're getting invited by celebrities yourself. 
I think it's a dope living, man. And if you ever feel like you got enough skill to come do it, come through Venice Beach and come holla at me. Man, you heard what my man said. And as we close out, uh, I'm going to say it this way. A minute ago, he said that when I came along, it was like, yeah, because this guy isn't going to sound like me. This is a whole new person who don't know who I am. That was then. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just, I've always believed in this. It's cool to up there and uh, do what another person do if you want to be like him, but throw your own in there. Well, throw your own in there. I don't, when I watch people and they sound like me or use lines of mine, I kind of be like, ah. Oh. Imagine, imagine me all of a sudden hearing NBA uh, commentators using stuff that I was using. I'm listening. I'll be like, yeah. you know what I do? I do this. Yeah, I do that too because this is a guy right now that's in the NBA. He be using my hello. I be like, oh, so he had to be watching me. Exactly. So shouts out to the commentators yeah, that are watching us because we're watching you. Yeah. And the position you in, we want that position too. And I've said exactly. it once before and I'll say it again. The minute that somebody lets me put a headset on in the NBA, Call a game. somebody else is finna lose their job at the end of that game, probably before the first quarter's over with. Yeah, we yeah. need, yeah, get, get him that spot. You let me a hold of a game, I bet you <laughs> the views will change. <laughs> I'll put money on that. My name is Aaron Showtime Taylor. This is the mouthpiece of Venice Beach, and we have both been hard in the paint. Bop. <laughs> <laughs>